and a fixed ducking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, auto completing our work. Well, duck you. Hello and welcome to Off Script. Today we're going to talk about WWDC 2023 and just give you a little bit of a roundup. Hi Josh, how are you doing? Uh, I'm all right. I'm, I'm quite hungover. Hungover today. Yeah. A little trip to Empire Cafe. Yep. New uh, new restaurant that's open in Leeds. Been open for about a month, hasn't it? I think. Yeah. Really cool story, isn't it? How that came about. They uncovered a sign for the old Empire Cafe. Yeah. I think they're going to call it something else. Yeah. It's um, it's really good. Little small plates restaurant. Uh, love these new ones popping up in Leeds. Um, but yeah, had a bit of wine. Yeah, and all the small plates itself. Yeah, God, it's so good. There's a really amazing uh, lamb cheek dish that I had with some Poulian wine, um, which I would recommend. Very tasty. Very good. And you've just got back from uh, from Tuscany. I've been to Tuscany and then uh, Florence for a couple of days, Firenze. Um, yeah, it was really nice. Nice. What was, the, what was the best part? I think for me, it's the wine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, uh, we, we we sort of went up to the top of this massive hill and looking down and it was just beautiful. But staying at the villa was really nice. Just, it looked like a shithole you were staying yeah. in. It was awful. Yeah. <laughs> just chilling with mates and having a nice, some nice food and wine. It's, it's nice to good. be away from technology for a bit sometimes. Isn't it, it is. Yeah. yeah. I the, read a physical paper book. Oh, wow. Which is not like me. I usually take my Kindle, but I couldn't yeah. find it. So. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only reason. Yeah, that's it. You lost it. Um, what was the book? Anything anything worth reading? It was a behavioural psychology book called The Illusion of Choice. Oh, okay. Which is pretty good. Yeah, that sounds quite good. It's probably a bit too deep for me for the I'd probably rather read like a Teletubbies magazine or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, that takes, that floats your boat. <laughs> <laughs> um, any, any kind of uh, good tips or wisdom from the book or is it? I think it, there's a lot of things around how just tweaking how you explain something changes people's perception. Mm. Um, like, We've got like a chimp brain that doesn't really get stuff mm. and then the logical brain and they're separate. Mm. Um, so just framing stuff in particular ways changes how you feel about it. I think the art of um, persuasion and articulating things is quite um, quite a powerful skill. Yeah, definitely. And if there's all like good white hat ways of folding that into your product or mm. business. Do you think a lot of that is in the way you design products or is it also the copywriting and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, the language. Mm. Um, there was an interesting sort of breakdown of a of a anti-littering campaign in America. Right. So the state of Texas has the worst or used to have the worst littering problem. Right. And the campaigns were all designed by like old people that were angry about people littering and like, <laughs> please keep it nice. Yeah. And they actually flipped it on its head and they were like, well, actually, what if we sort of tapped into that uh, patriotic sort of don't fuck with America sort of feeling <laughs> that young people have. Yeah. And they came up with the slogan, don't mess with Texas. And they had like a, a, a bin with a cross through it. Right. And it's like tapping into that, like, yeah, don't mess with our, our state. <laughs> but it really worked and like like 80% reduction in littering. And oh, really? It just completely changed the whole game. That's a really interesting case study, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And then they started printing that slogan on the side of 
nuclear warships and stuff. Yeah, I was going to say that that's a powerful slogan that needs to be used for more than just littering. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> Elevate yeah. the slogan. But yeah, that, it's it's a good example of some the idea that works mm. that wouldn't necessarily work in the UK. Mm. But you've got to t- tap into the psychology of the person that you're trying to target. I wonder what will work in a kind of British version of that. <laughs> I don't know. Because <laughs> we're not, I mean, to be fair, we've just had the um, the Jubilee, not Jubilee, the um, coronation, coronation, and that was pretty patriotic, I think. Yeah. I mean, I I did like it. I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm a full mm. royalist. I didn't like it. <laughs> no. uh, I just felt it was a bit, bit on the nose. <laughs> With the cost of living crisis and children literally starving, and then you got this guy lording it around. In a... The bit that rubbed me up slightly the wrong way was get him asking everyone to chip in, like in terms <laughs> of like helping out, and they made it as this big campaign to sort of yeah help. I hate that. You know, it's like when someone invites you around for a barbecue, and then you end up bringing all the food. Yeah, it's really yeah. annoying. I was actually invited to a barbecue once where I had to assemble the barbecue once I got there, and I was quite hungover. <laughs> was that my house? It wasn't actually. <laughs> yeah, you're thinking about. Oh God, was that me? Oh God, it sounds like something I might do. Um, but yeah, so um, so we're talking about uh, WWDC uh, this episode. Yeah, after a little ramble about nice food and barbecues. Yeah, um, but yeah, I think a lot of people have. I've taken the mick out of WWDC this year. Yeah. And it for me, it never really has, because over COVID, it went to sort of like this pre-record version, and mm-hmm. they've never really got out of that, have they? I miss the people weeping in the audience when things are announced. Yeah. I think, I don't know if you saw people watch the, the price announcement for the Apple mm. Vision headset, but there was groans, wasn't there? <laughs> yeah. So maybe, maybe there's a reason. Yeah, well, it's weird because I saw from the Apple campus they were screening it outside, weren't they? Um, yeah. And um, so is that just all a pre-record? Is, is there any live sessions as well? I think there's live sessions, but it's more about learning how to use the APIs. Here's all the new stuff. Let's go and do some workshops. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But they used to have a proper live, mm. like Tim Cook would be there. Well, they made a whole Steve Jobs theatre. They made a theatre or something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. um, yeah. But yeah, no, I miss that. But... Yeah, interesting uh, WWDC this year, and um, yeah, a lot of people felt like they'd rushed the product, the Vision Pro. I, I, I don't know if you saw Mark Zuckerberg's take on it because he his this is a leaked email, isn't it? Stuff. Yeah, he was like, "There's nothing in there that scares him. All they've done is made put ten times more expensive equipment <laughs> across the board." <laughs> And then because of that, the power usage is so much that you have to carry a little battery around in your pocket. It's the it's the first cut though, isn't it? So there's always going to be quirks and things that, you know, it, give it however many years, the, the battery will be integrated, it'll be light as as, as you want it to be. Um, I, I did kind of see what he was saying in that email um, where he talks about, you know, we're, we're still looking at building the most social, usable, affordable product. Um, but that's never really been Apple's angle anyway. No. They've not been... There, you know, and the fact they're launching with a pro version initially shows that that's yeah. The, the, going. the naming, the price point, everything about it screams to me: this is a developer console. Mm. This is for re- really early adopters. It's for people to get used to it mm. because there's n- they need to port the apps over properly. Mm. Like there's n- there's not going to be all the content there. Yeah, um, people aren't going to use it to replace their 
high definition TV sound system and stuff, unless you live on your own. And yeah, which kind of you know you don't want to sit on a sofa with three other people or with headsets on. I don't think that's I think that's less social. No, the the cell that they went for does didn't make sense. But um, mm. and also, why would you want to make Zoom calls more immersive and in your face? I I physically want to work from home. I don't yeah. want to be in that space. I have enough trouble to get people to turn their cameras on, let alone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, go into their brain and directly into their eyes and ears and everything. But, yeah, it's a, it's it was it's an interesting product there, and I think it's definitely the the kind of beta, isn't it, or the alpha? Um, and obviously, the price point is very much for them to weed out the issues and figure out how how the use cases that they've kind of pitched as part of the keynote really come to life when people start using them properly. Yeah, um, I can't see it as a device you'd use every day. Um, some of the mock-ups and stuff made me really sad where you've got like a dad in the corner with the, the mask oh, yeah. ignoring his kids, you know. Yeah. Or even that 3D recording, like recording child, like those memories and stuff. Yeah. And then you're just there with a, with a ski mask on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How was your childhood? I'm quite traumatized from it. <laughs> it did look a bit sort of like, yeah. Well, it's very... Um, the design of it is very Ready Player One, I thought. Yeah. Um, which is kind of cool. But. Yeah. They've obviously made a cool thing. It's V1. It's only going to get smaller, mm. better, more energy efficient. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. I remember getting a lot more excited about the V1 iPhone and the V1 Apple Watch. Yeah. I think it's probably one of those products that you need to use and play with and then you kind of get it. But it's a, it's a big price tag to experiment, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so should we should we start from the start? I guess we'll get to the yeah. Division Pro. Um, but there was a whole load of other updates uh, in WWDC. Um, to be fair, the Vision Pro was the one more thing, wasn't it? And that was that was a nice little hat tip to Steve. Um, and I think Tim loved saying that a little bit too much when I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> one more bit. <laughs> um, but yeah, there was a whole host of updates to um, to the kind of. Uh, computer lineup, I guess. So you've got the MacBook Air 15 inch coming out. You've got the Mac Studio, the Mac Pro. Um, big, yeah. big rollout of Apple Silicon. Mac Studio, it's getting really hard for the nerds to hate Apple now because yeah. it's upgradable. It's it's got everything everyone asked for. Yeah, it's still really expensive. Um, and then you got the Mac Pro, which has finally had a big update. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's the Mac Studio does look really nice, but I think the portability for me means I'd still have a big beast of a, a laptop to to have one, yeah. one, one to carry around. But they're doing a lot of stuff with continuity, aren't they? So you could have loads of different Macs all over the place, and they kind of all just work together very well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I imagine you would need a Mac Pro to do development stuff for the the Vision Pro as well. Yeah, I think it's definitely where they're going, aren't they? They're, they're creating a lineup of products that allow you to build better things for their other products yeah yeah definitely which makes sense um but yeah so uh, aside from the kind of products physical products there's there's a whole host of updates to ipad os mac os uh, and watch os um, yeah yeah there's some good stuff in there i mean uh, the big thing for me is multiple timers i know that sounds daft <laughs> <laughs> but um you sent the screenshot the other day i feel <laughs> sorry for the person that's steaming some artichokes and has a flight to catch and an uber eats on the way all at the same time oh yeah it's like uh, it was a really good example of the different widget functionality it's like who who's living this life <laughs> so stressful yeah where's my passport where's my artichokes <laughs> yeah. all the key things 
Um, I think uh, multiple timers, ironically, are, are quite a big deal. Um, I think you know even stuff like just yelling things at Siri and keeping track of of all the different timers. I think yeah. when you're cooking, because there's an app that you love that I always take the mickey out of you with. Um, <laughs> I never mentioned Paprika. <laughs> if you're listening, you actually you actually got sick of uh, telling me and you bought me the app. Um, and to be honest, it is a good app. It's called Paprika. Yeah. The only people I've managed to convince to use this app are the ones that I've directly bought it for. <laughs> it's not much of a sales strategy, no, is it? it's not. Um, but no, I think when you're cooking different things, like, you know, trying to trying to cook multiple things at once, that's a, that's a game changer. Um, yeah, definitely. But even little things like, you know, on, on messages, you can now swipe to reply to them in iMessages, like stuff that you've had in WhatsApp for years. Yes. Um All that sort of stuff. FaceTime uh, has definitely come a long way, hasn't it? They're, they're doing a lot more with FaceTime. Yeah, yeah, no, it's all coming on, um, and yeah, I, when he was saying finally this new app comes to iPad, mm -hmm. and he announced health, I was really hoping he was going to say calculator, <laughs> <laughs> because it's still not a calculator on iPad. Is there not? No. That's crazy. It is crazy. Yeah, I, I kind of like where they're going with the health thing, because it becomes, you know, that paired with Apple Watch is very much trying to make you more aware of how this technology can Hope you live a healthier life, I guess. Yeah. Um, I abandoned uh, my watch a while ago because I moved to Garmin because I just felt like it was a lot more durable and reliable. Yeah. Um, but I think if I was to look again, I'd probably look at the the Ultra. Not that I have any need for it whatsoever because I'm not a expeditioner. Yeah. The one thing I like about Garmin over the Apple Watch is the battery life. Yeah. And I turn off all the notifications anyway. Cause Same. I don't want... To be looking at my wrist. I don't want more distractions on my wrist as well. Yeah, I'm already looking at enough things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's loads of other nice little things. FaceTime now works on Apple TV. You can use your phone as a camera or your iPad as a camera, I think, um, which is quite cool. Um, so, and then you've got stuff like nice little things like you can link in notes to other notes. And one of the things that I was quite interested in was the Safari profiles stuff. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot more stuff to use different profiles inside of Safari for different contexts. Yeah. The reason they're bringing that in strongly is because they're looking at ways, if you look at like the way that they're committing to WebKit and things like that, yep. a shared web experience. Mm. And they've already started introducing like shared tabs and things like that. Mm. But there's, there's things where who you are becomes very important. Yeah. Um, they announced some shared tab stuff um, earlier in the year. Mm. Um but I think they're going to push heavy, heavily into this is how you can browse the web together. Mm. I've been keeping an eye on it because we're building that browser, which I keep plugging as well. But yeah, um, yeah I think that's going to be interesting. And maybe that ties into the VR stuff later. I yeah. I th so how, how does that work though? Like share, how does shared browsing really work? How do you see it working socially more than anything? Like yeah. Well, at the moment you can have a set of shared tabs and you can like um, basically iMessage mm. about them and then you can... Yeah, you basically make a collection of tabs together. So you might be going on holiday is the example they give. Mm. And then people can add different suggestions in. Mm. Um, so it's, it's basically like glorified bookmarks at the moment. But I think in the future, it would be watching a video together or mm. commenting on parts of a page. Because I think that's already a thing, isn't it? I think you can now, you can watch videos together already, I think. Oh, can you? Uh, yeah, I think they brought that in on, on OS, uh, on iOS in general. Nice. Um, but yeah, I think it's quite interesting to see where they're going with that. I, I'm quite a big fan of Arc. Started using Arc for my yeah. daily browsing. Uh, oh, for your daily browsing? Yeah. So oh, I couldn't quite make the leap. 
yeah, yeah. so I, I i was trying to straddle between that and a few other browsers and i was like look i'm gonna i'm gonna commit to it i made it the default for everything yeah. and i configured my different spaces they're called um where you can yeah. set your own profiles up and stuff and I don't think I'll, I'll go back. I, I really like it. There's, oh, nice. there's some really nice stuff, like really nice developer stuff as well. Like if you're working on a local host, it kind of goes into this developer mode where you've got more stuff to, to use. And oh, nice. So they've written all that in Swift. I'm following them quite closely. Mm. Um, and I saw in Daring Fireball that they've they've taken on something pretty ambitious, which is for the Windows port, instead of switching languages, mm. they're porting the entire Swift tool chain to Windows. Wow, so, which is fairly nuts. That is uh, kind of mad. If they pull it off, though, and they looks like they might be able to, yeah, then that's mint. Yeah, that's <laughs> and for you, right? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you can write Mac apps and then port them to Windows. I think that's the right direction rather than the other way. Yeah, it, it always feels a bit clunky sometimes when you see how things translate to different OSs, doesn't it? Yeah, and obviously Apple have discontinued porting Safari to Windows and stuff, so mm. they've sort of given up on that. Yeah, the only ones the apps they maintain are like iTunes and stuff, isn't it? Which is awful. Yeah, it's absolutely terrible. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd recommend looking at Arc. I'm really impressed with it. Um, but kind of talking uh, about the Safari sharing stuff, they've also brought in that password manager for sharing kind of passwords with family and stuff, which I think is quite good. Um, certainly for kind of older members of the family that don't really use passwords properly i think that's that's definitely going to be a, a vast improvement to general security but i wonder if they're going towards that passwordless route eventually it'll be a nice um it'll be a nice space for them to introduce those kind of newer um security technologies yeah well we talked about in a previous podcast about them introducing pass keys and things like that yeah so yeah hopefully that all gets folded in and yeah into other absolutely um but yeah i think in, in general ipad os uh, and mac os and watcher well not watcher s but the mac os stuff as well there's definitely a lot of um synergy between the updates you know you're seeing uh, the auto completion of stuff um have you seen it? you tap the space bar to auto complete sentences now and that's coming to mac as well so you're seeing uh, the, the gap bridged even further and a fixed ducking yeah <laughs> yeah auto complete now we're yeah, well, duck you <laughs> yeah. Um no one ever means duck. It takes like, the sting out of it a bit if you just duck you, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it becomes quite uh quite friendly, doesn't it really? Um the one interesting thing that's coming to Mac OS Solima is uh desktop widgets. Well, I remember this from the very early Mac OS. Yeah. Um you used to have like a little weather widget and they you'd click the little eye and it sort of really <laughs> rubbish rotated. Back in the Skiomorphy days, wasn't yeah, it? We yeah, we thought it was amazing back then though, but obviously looking back. But was... they've had quite a few goes at widgets in various forms, haven't they? Yeah, you used to be able to take a snippet of a web page as well. Yeah. And it kind of guessed that section and then kept updating. Which is but... quite cool, actually. I think that's quite ahead of its time as well. Like if you look at um, Arc's got this thing called Boosts, don't know if you've seen it, but it allows you to basically customize the web page or just remove the stuff that you don't want to see. Or it's absolute hell for web developers. Yeah, you <laughs> um, can change the style of stuff. As well, yeah, can't you? yeah, it's kind of, um, but I quite like it. It's kind of introducing a more hackable web, which is kind of more in line with the, the kind of ethos of, of what started the web, really. Nice. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see where those widgets go. For me, I find it really distracting having loads of widgets everywhere. Yeah. 
Um, I've got the attention span of, of whatever, but yeah, I, I just can't, it would dis- distract me so much. You lost your attention just thinking of it. <laughs> yeah, Harrison. I gave up, <laughs> gave up thinking about it. Um, but I think uh, one of the interesting, more useful updates was the presenter overlays. Did you see that? I didn't. It's no. quite quite cool. So if you're on a if you're on a call and you're presenting with your camera on. Um, you can basically um, overlay yourself against the screen that you're sharing. That's so cool. it's like you're kind of standing in front of a, a kind of projector almost. Oh, nice. Kind of like those Loom videos that you can take. Yeah, RIP, RIP, multiple products <laughs> during this uh, <laughs> WWDC. Um, yeah. They've def- nicked a few ideas for sure, but um, it looked like that could be genuinely quite useful though. And it'd be quite interesting to see how that sort of stuff translates to, um, you know, the Vision Pro and stuff when you're trying to present... <laughs> from home yeah, with your yeah. vision pro yeah but it's not your actual face it's just the uncanny valley 3d avatar of your face yeah it, which is a bit crazy yeah um I but i guess if you're having a bad skin day or something it's yeah it's great or you hung over like you today yeah if you look like i look right now um you need that <laughs> you need that computer support um installable web apps yeah keen for this um, yeah and we used to use something way back when where you could add a url in and an icon and add it to your dock yeah. They, they all stop getting well supported and they're fiddly and they're not very well done. Mm. And then Chrome added it in, but I never really know how to use it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm keen for this. Installable web apps. It's Bring gonna, it on. It's going to be interesting because um, there's an amazing talk um, last year by Stephanie Stimak at uh, All Day Hey uh, about progressive web apps and um, lots of stuff, lots of amazing uh, kind of tips and stuff to how to write a good manifest and things like that now. The interesting thing about the installable web app stuff with um, with the new Mac OS is that they're saying you don't need a manifest. You don't need to kind of declare a lot of the stuff that we're used to writing for installable apps. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how it works, how it how it kind of figures that out and makes it a kind of web app that's usable as a desktop app. Yeah, I wonder if that's in the source code. I mean... Uh- yeah. Because it's only interesting to me, but <laughs> well, there's, there's lots of considerations, isn't it? Like how how things work offline, how storage works, um, all the usual stuff that you'd expect to kind of build out in a progressive web app. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, keen to see it. Yeah. Um, um, and then WatchOS. Um, I've, I've not really dug too much into this, but it looks like they're going all in on on health again. Um, they've got stuff that Garmin's had for years, like heart rate zones, and uh, they've gone quite big on mental health tracking as well. If you've seen that. Yeah, it's a good idea. Um, yeah, just checking in, seeing how you're getting on, and just trying to track that to what what might have been the trigger and things like that. Yeah, probably spending all day in your Vision Pro, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, yes, take <laughs> your headset off. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's interesting. Obviously, you're seeing a lot of um, a lot of different uses for the Apple Watch as a health device. Um, obviously, there's there's quite mainstream use of it in in the insurance world as well so i can see that you know like vitality obviously give you a free watch if you if you're a healthy lead a healthy life yeah um things like that that allow insurers to plug into that data to give you better premiums and stuff i'm i'm quite interested in that i think there's quite a good thing quite a good progression yeah it sounds interesting if you're happy sharing that data with an insurer who may or may not be um you know, be respectful of that data sometimes. Do they do they store it? Do they work with the data in a way that you feel is privacy aware and all that sort of stuff? Whole new host of considerations for that health data. I'm sure Apple will have thought about that. Um, yeah. The interesting thing for me about the whole thing is they never mention AI mm. directly, mm. although they are building machine learning into their products. I think they prefer 
to sort of distance themselves from the terms AI and metaverse and things because mm. they're quite buzzwordy. Yeah. And they they don't. Artificial intelligence could sound quite creepy, can't it? Yeah. I think Apple do what they always do, which is they make an Apple term for that and they stick with it. Yeah. Like sp- spatial computing. Yeah. Nobody else calls it that in the no. industry. No. And, you know, the, the closest thing I think of is spatial audio and things like that. But that's you, where they're coming from, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, by the way, I have to tell you about this amazing gig I went to. Yeah. Uh, which is very good. It was um, Fortet live at Alexandra Palace. Amazing. But he had uh, collaborated with a company called Squid Soup uh, or Squiddy on Instagram. And there's loads of lights that were hung in this kind of, they're all just rows of lights, but they'd program them so you could basically do loads of different textures and shapes and stuff on a th- almost like a 3D platform. Look pretty mega. And uh, they used spatial audio, so they had this, the lights were chasing around the room and the, the audio was following it and it was just all so well done. It's one of those key life memories for me. I was like, this is just bloody cool. Nice. I'm going to have to do something like that. Yeah. Is there another one? Um, I don't know. I'm sure I know Squid Super touring the installation, but obviously one of the key things is that Forte had built music to go with it and stuff. It was and it was mental. Like there was um, it, there was one point where for five minutes he was just making noise, like really crazy noise with synths. But then the noise was like tracking around the room and oh well, yeah. After a few beers, it was it was rather incredible. That sounds pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, but yeah. So I, I think. Um, It'll be interesting to see where they go with with all that sort of stuff, um, but yeah. So I, I guess the last update was was the Vision Pro itself, right? They they talk about welcome to the era of spatial computing. Yeah, it's yeah, it's going to be a little while before this becomes more common. Like I think this is the developer device; they're going to start playing around with it. Mm. People start porting their apps over. They've already released a load of tooling to let game developers ease more easily port things mm. to the m2 m3 um yeah so i imagine everyone will just port their apps across okay. i think they're doing they're doing the usual clever thing where they're making the app support you know you can get all these um apps that are supported from ios and everything out the box but you know as as we've found previously with interoperability of like uh ios apps were running on ipad os and they like oh that was always a bit janky wasn't it It just feels a bit clunky it's great that you can do it but it, when you're using those apps it always just feels a bit out of place doesn't it yeah definitely and i imagine with the polish of some of the apps that you'll get on the vision pro that that kind of the ios apps will just feel a bit you know a bit flat yeah um, not just literally flat but i think they'll just they'll struggle to integrate as tightly as you'd want it to yeah it's interesting that the they pushed fully into Unity support, mm. but that is good because, yeah, it's it's where a lot of VR games have been developed. So, mm. yeah, I think it's going to be impressive with the chip they've got on the device. You know, they're obviously throwing a lot of computing power at it, which means you know, quite incredible, really, what what's going to be possible on this bit of kit, um, especially when they've dropped that battery. Um, yeah, that'll be that'll be good. Yeah, and is it still only two hours with the battery? So it's two hours with the battery, but then you can also apparently plug it in to, to a mains. Right, okay. Which to me sounds immensely dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just forget that you've plugged your head into the wall. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you're going to need a pretty long cable for that. <laughs> um, Don't trip over it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, it's interesting. I, I, I kind of liked um, the 360 desktop computing thing. Like, you know, you can free your desktop, you can use your apps. So I remember when the... the 
DevKit 2, DevKit 1 came out from Oculus. Mm. And my joke was always, oh, you can just have a big display. And everyone <laughs> thought I was chatting breeze, basically. Mm. And then this, as soon as I saw that, I was like, I knew I was right. Finally. <laughs> well, it's I, the thing for me is when I've used the, the Oculus, I think because I've got glasses as well, I've never found it a comfortable experience because it, my, my kind of optics were a bit messed up. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how it works on the Vision Pro. The problem is that, I don't know if you saw how it works with glasses, you get these magnetic lenses that clip into the inside of the headset. Oh, okay. Which is really cool, and it's a really elegant solution to it. But can you imagine how fucking expensive, <laughs> you know, if you go into an optician and be like, I need some new lenses for my... Oh, God, yeah, they'll rip your new one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so you've really got to go all in for that. But I do like where they're going with that, because having glasses on in, in the Oculus was really uncomfortable for me. Yeah, because um, they had the little spacer thing, didn't they? Yeah. It didn't really work. No, and if you get if you're doing like uh, something a bit more active, it steams up a bit, and it's just not it's not ideal to be honest. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think I do like the idea of that desktop experience with much more space to play with. Imagine the possibilities in, in apps like Logic. Um, yeah, yeah. Because you, know, you need you know you need all your synths and stuff laid out around, don't you? So yeah, I mean there was a little demo of a virtual DJ, but you said it looked like guff. <laughs> yeah, like, it looked horrendous. I, just buy some decks and have a, and have a have a proper DJ session. Because um, <laughs> you're not going to get that tactile feedback. No, because like, it's just you just dicking around with thin air yeah, I can't, yeah exactly you you don't, you don't get that haptic feedback or any sort of feedback from from air yeah um, maybe they'll bring out like the apple glove or something <laughs> you actually feel stuff as i said just buy yourself two tennis 12 tens <laughs> and start djing yeah i think um I, I do like where it's good but i think the problem with that is how how is it going to work with small text you know does everything need to be in large fonts how legible i mean the screen looks super high def it's like 4k isn't it basically yeah um yeah it's 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 way way over specs than most people thought it was going to be yeah um, yeah and that's reflected in the price but i think i would i would have one <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh i think i would probably buy one which is which is what they're hoping for i think the the interesting thing for me is um i am actually quite interested in how that how it blends into remote working um I do like the idea that if you are doing a presentation or something, you can do it in in what feels more like a traditional setting. Because if you think about it, for remote teams that are based on different continents or in different cities or whatever, I think that's hugely powerful for the possibilities of building, hiring teams. You know, it it, it just it makes things a bit more accessible. Yeah, he says talking about a three and a half grand headset. <laughs> I think it's still never going to be the same as sat across the table. No, but I do quite like the fact that it's. It, it could be good. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about stuff like conferences. You know, if you think about kind of remote conferences, could we bring more more immersive experiences to, to attendees? And, yeah, uh, you know, I think that's quite an exciting area of the product, actually, that, that is yet to be discovered. Yeah, definitely. Um, but, yeah, so the, the, the cool thing is that they're building uh, a spatial operating system, they're calling it, um, They've obviously got a lot of good experience building OSs, um, iOS, iPad OS, it's, you know, WatchOS. They've, they've kind of figured out how to do that pretty well now. Yeah, and they are pretty privacy conscious as well. So your eye movements, you mm -hmm. can like look at things and yeah, that, that can change the UI, but they're doing it in a privacy conscious way. So instead of just sending all that to the app that you're in, mm. it, they they've figured that out in a way that makes sense um it's quite cool that isn't it um 
it does breed a whole new host of challenges because uh, obviously it supports Safari on the on the Vision Pro. Um, things where you're expecting mouse movement or some sort of cursor interaction or yeah, I mean these are considerations we've had for a long time, right? With with touch devices, but yeah, well, a crude implementation would just be your eye movement to hover, but obviously that gives away more information that you than you want. Mm. Um, if you just glance at an advert and then it's <laughs> yeah, it's there suddenly like following you around yeah. there forever. Yeah, and I think that's what Zuckerberg might have done in an alternate reality cellular eye tracking data. But <laughs> I think yeah, I don't think he's uh, big and powerful enough to do that. No, I think. Um, I like how uh, I like how because of the way they built the product out, um, they actually think about legs on yeah. which is yeah, yeah, just a huge win. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think the 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 most exciting part of the entire kind of uh, keynote for me was where they started talking about the kind of improvements to the web platform, um, which obviously kind of is is a, a big interest to to us. Yeah, definitely. Um, We've kind of already talked a little bit about how web apps come into the Mac, um, which is as in installable web apps come into the Mac. Um, you know, add to dock and how you delete them is just the same as dragging the trash and stuff, which is cool. I, I like that. Um, it'll be interesting to see where that goes um, uh, and see how people kind of, in, I, I don't know if they're exposing any APIs specifically for that functionality or if they're just using kind of progressive web app standards. Yeah, I'm going to give it a full dig into and uh, and go through the source code, ideally, so I get a bit of a feel for it. But yeah, it looks really good. Obviously, we've just had like push notifications land in iOS as mm -hmm. well. So yeah, the the web's getting a bit more parity with apps. Yeah, which is great. It's kind of what we were promised years ago, right? Um, when you first had installable apps uh, on iOS, when you could add to home screen. Um, but they never really took off properly. No because um, it didn't really work very well and it, there's things like when you open an app you have like a, a full reload didn't you and it just felt it, you definitely felt like it was just an integrated browser it didn't feel like an app yeah the, it was a bit of a bodge you put a meta tag in to go full full screen but it never really felt the same yeah um, but yeah it's interesting where they're going with the whole spatial stuff um, spatial web they're calling it um, native safari with some extra features plugged into it which will be interesting to build for Um I'll be really interested to see how the dev experience that works. You know, how will uh, the dev tools support developing spatial apps without having to buy that the headset themselves? Yeah. Well, the big challenge we had when we were doing 3D uh, oh, Oculus stuff with the web mm. was that we had to you have to keep switching between the headset mm. and your computer, and you keep constantly taking on and off the headset. Yeah. And to get a good feel for how it's all coming together. Um, but I wonder if you could have your IDE in in your virtual environment. Mm. You could be typing in there. That could be cool. Um, I don't know how the keyboard would work, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, just pinching the air might not get you. <laughs> just want to drop into a squiggly line and debug that a bit. It might be quite tricky. What <laughs> you just punch the wall for breakpoints, that sort of thing. <laughs> hey Siri, delete two letters. <laughs> oh no, I've triggered my. Oh Siri god, now. you just triggered my. Siri. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> That's the HomePod, even. Yeah, I don't know how... Siri, stop talking Bugger to me. Bugger Google. <laughs> um, I, I, uh, one thing, as an aside, I'm very impressed with the new HomePod. Um, the, yeah. the audio quality far surpasses Sonos. Nice. And I was a massive Sonos fan for years. Um, and obviously, it integrates really nicely into all the Apple stuff. Um, 
I would re- very strongly recommend having a look at them. It looks very cool. Yeah, it's cool. It glows, does some funny things. But um, the cool thing, actually, just as a random aside, I've just got um, some new Nest stuff. So I've got new Nest cameras and a new Nest doorbell. Yeah. And I'm using Starling Hub to to link it all together. Oh, no. I don't know if you've heard of Starling Hub. So because because um, we haven't yet got Matter, um, Matter's a new kind of standardized way of IoT smart devices talking to each other. Um, that's not kind of mainstream yet. So Starling Hub have basically built a little box that you plug into your router yeah. And it connects to your Nest stuff, and it also connects to Apple Home and acts as a bridge. Oh, nice. So it, it shows up on Apple Home Kitty stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so you can, hey, Siri, some Google stuff. Yeah. You know, and it, then it'll work. Exactly. Oh, she's off again. Um, I found some work results. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the cool thing is when someone rings the Nest doorbell, it then comes through the HomePod and all that sort of stuff. So nice. I think the future of Matter and everything is really, uh, really exciting. Uh, definitely look into Matter. I think Jack mentioned that possibly on on the last podcast. Yeah, actually, that does ring a bell. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the interesting thing with Spatial Web is they're bringing some custom um, elements to um, some additional HTML elements, like the model element. Um, so you can do three D models embedded in web pages, and then there's also WebXR, which is essentially a fully immersive xr um experience on the web based on webgl yeah i've played with WebXR. it's good it you like works it. well on the oculus um yeah so so that'll be amazing on on the vision pro i think yeah keen to see that do well yeah. um yeah also jpeg excel which is quite exciting um so that's actually been uh it was kind of ignored by the chrome team they actually removed support for it i believe but i think they're trying to there's quite a vocal community trying to bring it back to Chrome, but obviously Safari have gone all in on this. Um, seems really good, progressive loading. Um, seems like a really good thing. I don't know why we've not kind of given it more of a chance to thrive. Yeah, I find new formats quite tricky sometimes because you end up having to re recompress everything in all these new formats, Yeah, uh, which does really well for companies like Cloudinary who <laughs> charge you for the privilege. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> and... Uh, our friends at Resource it are obviously part of Fastly now. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, it is good. Less bits down the wire is only going to be a good thing for user experience, right? I think so. Um, they also announced they're bringing HEIC support, which no one wants um, ever. <laughs> um, I really dislike that format, mainly because I'm sharing those photos or something with people who don't have Apple yeah. devices. It just doesn't work. Um, yeah, it's not ideal. Not ideal, but... Um, um, yeah. Sometimes you unintentionally send uh, live photos as well if you send on iMessage. Yeah. Little which, audio clips of you. Uh, <laughs> swearing at something. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, that's uh, an interesting... I know there's a lot more privacy um, kind of controls and things in the new iOS. Have you seen it where it started to auto-blur images based on it looking like sensitive imagery and things oh, like that? Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So maybe as part of that, it'll start to strip out the live... You know, Maybe you don't always want to send the live data and things like that. Um, but yeah, there's loads of other nice HTML things coming, um, popovers, font sizes just in CSS, better font support in general, uh, and loads of amazing CSS additions uh, as well. So quite exciting time to be building for the web, really. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, looking forward to sort of digging into the source code for those bits because I'm, I'm always interested in how they implement it. Yeah. Well, you're, as you mentioned a few times, you're building a browser for Chatloop, aren't you? Yeah. So. We're not a rendering engine, but... I like to see what's going on anyway. What do you what do you use under the hood? So f- 
if you make a browser on iOS, you have to use WebKit right. at the moment. So it's all, even Chrome, Brave, yep. Firefox are all WebKit. Yep. Um, so yeah, we're just using that and hooking in in smart ways mm. and building the sort of Chrome around the outside. Nice. And um, is it still in beta or is it in general availability now? It's, it's still sort of beta, but it's live. So anyone can download it. Nice. Um, but yeah, Chatloop.com? Chatloop.com, yeah. There you go. Check it out. Um, there you go. But yeah, ex, uh, excited for, for kind of all these improvements. There's loads of nice JS improvements coming as well. Um, so in general, I just think they're, they're, they're throwing a lot at it. I think it'd be really interesting to see how this evolves with the Vision Pro. Um, you know, it'd be weird when you start seeing Vision Pro coming through as a user agent on your website. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it will be, actually. Um, but no, I think all in all, uh, it was it was kind of nice to see um, see it finally launched. There's been a lot of chatter over the last few years for Apple just sitting there watching various different vendors kind of make mistakes and they're learning a lot about what AR and VR means to the general public, really. Um, so it's going to be an interesting five to ten years, I think, seeing how these products evolve. Um, and I think that is the sort of timescale where we're looking at it becoming a really useful device. I don't think we're going to be seeing everyone wearing these next year. I, no, I just so. don't think it's going to happen like that. Um, but as you said, I think it's definitely give it to the power users and let them really help shape the product and help understand how they can be used. Absolutely. Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, exciting times. Um, well, I think that's uh, all we've got time for. So, um, so yeah, thanks for, for chatting through WWDC with me. Cool, thanks, Josh. See ya. That's all I've got time for today for Offscript. Thank you very much for tuning in. Hit subscribe in all the usual places.